Josephine. Hi, Josephine. Welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is my favourite musical. A special episode. It's a special episode. Why is it a special episode? Well, I just got back from New York a week ago. Yes, Ruth Ruth is the other person who's talking. Oh, uh, did I not say my back. name? No, well, I didn't either. Oh, that's Josephine. Yes, and that is Ruth. Ruth just got back from New York. I did. And, um, you bitch. Rather than... Um, me tell well not just Josephine but any anyone I know about all the shows I I've went and saw. It, we thought it might just be good to like record an episode where I give you my opinions on them, and then if someone asks me, I can be like, download this yeah. episode of my favorite it's musical. It's a clever ploy. Yeah, I agree. So I don't have to repeat myself all the time. And then our friends have to listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's their worst nightmare. <laughs> Before we begin, we should acknowledge. <laughs> yes, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today, the Dark and Young people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, interestingly, I'm finding more and more in America that certain places are also acknowledging like the, the traditional the, the Native yeah. American. Yeah. yeah um, Quite a few. I listen to a lot of Canadian podcasts and yeah. they're, they're really good at that. Yeah. 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 I think I think it will come later in America than it will yes. in Canada and Australia in terms of sort of public recognition. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's certainly happening. It's a slow, bloody process yeah it's been slow here too really i went to just a massive side note we went to the melbourne museum um with our friends oh yeah ben uh just before we flew out of melbourne last week and they just have the most beautiful um first nations exhibit there it's just it was just wonderful yeah oh that's great yeah it was really good um just i've heard that's a good museum actually it's such a good museum yeah they have a triceratops (laughs) ruth you don't understand they have a they have the most complete Triceratops in the world. Oh, really? That's ever been okay. Found. It was. Oh my god! It was, and it's huge. Okay, you know the Triceratops in Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's like double that size. Actually, yeah, in real right. Life. Yes. Oh my gosh. Speaking of museums, I went to the Museum of Broadway. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's in fact, talk I about put musicals. A, I put a bunch of it on our Instagram it was at the so time. Fascinating. Yeah, I took. I, I would have liked more content of the museum. Yeah, I, th- I um, I said to someone afterwards, like, so kind of like each room was themed to a show yes, uh, and they would have memorabilia of that show. And I mean, aside from they sort of had general history as well, but mm. then as you walk through and they, they sort of, I think tried to make it a bit like an Instagram moment as well. So like the Oklahoma room, they had this corn uh, that was like taller than me kind of thing. Wow. Um, the corn is as high as an elephant. Correct. Yeah. And so um, that was sort of an Instagrammable thing in the cabaret thing. They had a chair you could sit on, a hat you could put on, you know, nice. all that, that sort of thing. It, 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 what you imagine it to be. But um, in terms of the actual content of the museum, I thought the best room was the chorus line mm. room. And I think that was There's because, a lot of history there. because it was the public theatre yeah. and they're an institution, yeah. they had saved a lot themselves. Yeah. Um, I think they knew there was a sense that they knew this was a historical moment when it was happening. Yeah. Like, there's definitely a sense that we're making history. History, here. yeah. Although I believe um, a lot of the stuff for the museum came from the New York Public Library yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and and so it, if they'd gotten them from other sources around the country, they might have actually had more yeah. different things. So I thought that was interesting. It's like they've mm. kind of sourced a lot of it from one place. And you said it's a for-profit museum. Yeah, that's right, which is, I mean, I guess fairly common. Um, so it's a, it's a commercial enterprise. Mm. It's not it's not like a, you know, Museum yeah. of Natural History or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it did mean that the entry, entry fee was like 50 American dollars, which like as an Australian person, that's like 75, 75 Australian bucks. dollars. Yeah. So that's a lot to go to a museum. It's as much as going to a 
if you got a I rush play, ticket yeah. to a Broadway show, it's about the same. I don't think so I would pay that. I don't know if that will adjust over time. I, I think they had like student discounts and things like that. But, mm. yeah, for like a normal adult ticket, it was yeah. pretty expensive. Yeah, so. wow. So it cost me 15 bucks to go into the yeah. Melbourne Museum and see a Triceratops. Exactly. To see a whole big Triceratops. Uh, I, it was so big. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really okay. enjoyed the museum. So – so tell this episode is about New York. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, my show. I was going to talk about the shows. Oh my god, I love this. Um, <laughs> I saw nine shows in six days. What? But how do you physically do that, Ruth? Well, <laughs> I flew in late on a Friday night. Yeah. I got up the next morning. So you didn't see anything on Friday night. No, I got in at like midnight. Okay. There were um, no shows on at midnight. No, correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got up the next morning. I got the subway downtown because this was my only shot. At seeing the New York Theatre Workshop production of Merrily We Merrily Roll, Roll Along. Along Wait, where were you staying? Uh, in Midtown. Yeah, okay. Uh, we like just want a full picture. A Hilton in Midtown, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so got the, got the subway down to New York Theatre Workshop. So, for those who don't know, New York Theatre Workshop, which is where Rent originated. Yes. Um, it was, it is like a 200-seat off-Broadway theatre, mostly subscription-based. This production, when it was a, when it was announced, it's got Daniel Radcliffe in it, Jonathan Groff, Lindsay Mendez. Yeah. Incredible cast. It's the reason for the trip. It, it that the fact that that and Into the Woods were going to be on at the same time yeah. was the reason I booked to go now. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, great, I'll be able to buy a ticket when they go. I'll just be on the button when they go on sale. You know, it'll be fine. Basically, because it's a subscription season, the season essentially sold out to subscribers only yeah, before it even went on sale. Correct. Yeah. I considered getting a subscription. <laughs> I remember just just to guarantee a ticket but I literally would have been leaving a seat empty at like four other plays yeah. this year and I didn't think that was very like morally right no. yeah. <laughs> um for that for that company also the cost right well it was it was actually only going to be like a hundred dollars more to get their base subscription than to buy a ticket wow. so which is pretty incredible really yes it was like 245 for a for a subscription and 145 for a single ticket wow so because obviously they want to encourage subscriptions so I didn't buy a subscription. I set my alarm for 3 a.m. the day that single tickets went on sale and I was in some sort of virtual queue as they do these days. I was like two and a half thousandth in the virtual because they just give you a number, you know, yes. and they, I think they sold it some hundreds from that queue and then it was completely sold out. Like Were it you was, just devastated? I was because I was like, oh. There's no way I'm getting a ticket to this show. It's not like people were scalping them because you needed to show ID to, yeah. to get your ticket. It was literally just people wanting to see the show. Yes. And so I couldn't even pay some exorbitant amount of money to go, you know. Oh. And so I, I love the level of faith. You just went over there anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I was like, look, even if I only get to see Into the Woods, it's still worth it. Yes. I've booked whatever. But I was like, if there's a way I can get a cancellation line ticket. So I thought – so the cancellation lines start – they only opened the – like opened it to ticket holders two hours before the show. But so I thought if I go for a matinee, so if I'd gone for an evening performance, I literally would have had to queue all day. Whoa. But I thought if I go for a matinee, you people are still going to start queuing at the same time in the morning. Definitely. So it was like a two o'clock show. So I got there at like nine or nine thirty, something like that. Were there already people there? I was second in line. Whoa. And, it, and what helped was it was a really rainy day. Yes. So I think a lot of people who lived in New York were kind of like, well, I'll I don't want to go out day. in this. I'll try another day. So I had my big waterproof jacket on and just like stood in the rain for three and a half hours. There ended up being about four of us that were in the queue waiting for like for several it. hours each. Um, and then a, a bunch of other people showed up just before they opened the thing. Rookies. And 
like, luckily for us four, there were exactly four tickets available oh. in the cancellation line. So um, they sold them to us at, like, just before one o'clock. So I grabbed my ticket, went and, like, ate something because I hadn't, you know. Oh um, but, God. yeah, I stood in line for, like, three and a half hours. And then it was, I think, I'm just going to spoil it now, probably the best thing I saw all week. Oh. Um, it was just glorious. It's just been announced that it's transferring yes. to Broadway next fall, which is very exciting. Yes. But, like, to see people this excited about Merrily We Roll Along when it's it, so, oh my God, like, I so wish exciting. he was alive. I know. To see how much people love it. It's insane. It's insane. Like, I'm just, I'm yeah. just so excited that so many people are going to see that production. That cast was yeah. incredible. Jonathan Groff is really made for that role. He is. It's the best I've ever seen him yeah. in anything. Which like, is saying a lot because he's very clever. He's so good. Yeah. And I, I just think, I think if. So it'll be next season. It won't be this season for the Tonys. Yes. Which is also probably quite smart. Yeah. I think he is like. He was playing Frank for those he who He was are, Frank, yeah. Um, Daniel Radcliffe was Charlie yeah. and Lindsay, Lindsay Mendez, Mendez was Mary. Mary. And she was incredible too. Like, We've talked about her quite a bit too. Yeah. yeah. And, and, for, and for what it's worth. So it was the production that they filmed um, for the Meunier. Mm. Uh, Maria Friedman directed it in the UK. We've talked about that a lot ten too. Ten years ago, that production. That's not ten years yeah, old. Yeah, 2012. Shit. Um, and then My they filmed it. talks about that production. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. They filmed it and they showed it in cinemas here and stuff. And it's that production basically, but even just the small tweaks they've made to yeah. it from that, I thought were great. I think like, you know, cause we love, um, is it Jenna? Oh, I'm trying to think of the, the woman's name who played Mary in that yes. one, who we loved. She's been in everything. She was so good. Um, and, but like having, I, I don't know if it was something to do with the fact that Lindsay Mendez is actually American, mm. but it felt less it, – it didn't feel like as much like a caricature as, mm. it, as it did. She can feel that yeah, way. Yeah, she can feel a little caricature-y yeah. otherwise. And, oh, God, she was so good. But, yeah, like Jonathan Groff as Frank, it, he was incredible. And it's such a glorious score. It yeah. was so wonderful to hear it live. I, I, I say this all the time, but as soon as our time, the finale starts playing, I immediately start crying. Like Yeah, Ruth. Uh, message me in intermission and just hearing her talk about it and how she was crying made me cry. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, well now I'm very emotional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so that was my first show. What a way to start. Uh, that night I saw brand new Broadway musical Kimberly Akimbo. Um, score by, We've been talking about it for so long. Yeah, scored by Janine Tesori starring Victoria Clark, who a lot of people would know from like Light in the Piazza mm. um, and – Bonnie Milligan, who I am, have loved for so long and had never seen on stage before, so that yeah. was really exciting. She's killer. I think my pick is she will get the Best Supporting Actress Tony this uh-huh. year. Um, it's a gorgeous little show. It's like nine people in the cast. Um, for those who don't know, I don't think the cast recording's out yet, but it must be coming out soon. Um, it's basically – it's based on a play by David Lindsay Bear, and the, the conceit is that this – teenage girl has a condition where she ages like four to five times faster than she really is. So Victoria Clark is an actress in her sixties is playing a teenager. And honestly, like so much of what is incredible about the show is just that Victoria Clark is legitimately like a convincing teenager. Um, and she's sort of just surrounded by like terrible people in her life and, and that sort of thing. Aren't we all, (laughs) but it's a really sweet show. It's got a beautiful score. Um, very kind of, classic Janine Tesori in that 
doesn't really sound like anything else. You know how she's got she's that. She's so clever. Yeah, she's like, got that real. Like to think of like Shrek and Fun Home and like yeah. she's really clever. I know. And the, the sort of the chorus, if you will, is four teenagers who are in like an, a show choir, like a cappella show choir. Oh my gosh. And they are all kind of in like a love, like they're all kind of like in love with someone else in the square oh. sort of thing. And it's just very sweet. It's a really sweet show. Okay. So, yeah, um, watch out for that one, everyone. Um, then Sunday I saw a straight. What, what theatre was that in? Oh, I haven't got that written down. Oh, Maybe the booth? the booth? No. Cast recording. No, I can't remember. Cast recording to be released. Yeah, it'll be soon. I don't, yeah, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Mm. Um, Sunday matinee I saw A Strange Loop. Uh, yeah, at the booth. 2022's oh, yeah, Strange A Strange Loop. Loop, which is at the Lyceum. Yes. Um, it is... It was really – I was really worth seeing. I What I loved most about it was that it was a Broadway musical that was definitely not aimed at me. Mm. Like I was not the target audience for this show as a, you know, middle-aged straight white woman. Um, You're and not that, middle-aged. Come on. Mid-30s. What? Is that middle-aged? Oh, we're getting there. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, and – it was just, yeah, it was great. I think the score is really special. We had the understudy Usher and he was incredible, like so good. His voice was just out of this world. Um, again, for those who don't know, it's about a character called Usher who works as an Usher at The Lion King uh, on Broadway and it's him and the six thoughts in his head. Yeah. So, like, six people play those characters. And he's a queer black man, right? That's right. Yeah. And um, – yeah, and it's basically him trying to write this musical called The Strange Loop. Yeah. Uh, it's very meta in that way. And, yeah, it goes down all sorts of paths. There was lots of cultural references that, like, I really didn't understand, yeah. like, um, that were, like, very specifically, like, African-American. Yeah. There's a whole section where they go into, like, a Tyler Perry, like, Medea play. Sort wow. Of, which, again, is, like, a very specific cultural thing that, like, we don't understand. Awesome. Um, and I was like, great. Yeah. Great. I want this. Yeah, like, I absolutely. want there to be shows that I don't that understand are and are yeah. not for me yeah. and to still get something out of them. Absolutely. You know? I I shouldn't have to – it shouldn't all have to be about, like, lowest common denominator. And you are the lowest common I denominator. I sure am. <laughs> I sure am. So wow. um, that was great. I'm uh, glad it was so celebrated then. Yeah. Like, gosh, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I saw Almost Famous that night, which had gotten eviscerated in the reviews the I week or two before. I sort of loved reading those reviews. It was funny because I went in going – oh, what am I going to think? Because the reviews were so bad. Mm. And I remember I saw um, – so it's Tom Keir wrote the score and then there's like a handful of songs that are like from the film. Yeah. So a lot of the songs that – is it St- Still Waters the name of the fake band, right? Um, so like a lot of their songs are still in it. And then like Tiny Dancer by yeah. Elton John's in it. Um, there's that uh, Joni Mitchell song that's in it. Um, and now I'm forgetting the name of the song, but River, River, very famous, right? Christmas song, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, beautiful song. Beautiful. Um, but then the rest of the score, the original score is written by Tom Kitt. People would know Tom Kitt. Him and Brian Yorkie wrote Next to Normal. Uh, if Then is another show that they wrote. Mm. But then he also does stuff on his own. And might I add that Tom Kitt also does a lot of like, like he did the vocal arrangements for Jagged Little Pill, mm. American Idiot. He does incredible vocal it's arrangements. It's quite a varied uh, portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's particularly good at that, like orchestrations, vocal arrangements yeah. sort of thing. 
But when he writes on his own, like I saw this off-Broadway show of his years ago um, at Second Stage called Superhero, and it was like one of the most boring shows I've ever seen, I'm sorry to say. Wow. like, And I just was like, wow, because that was what was getting critiqued in these reviews mm. were sort of the original songs were just a bit bland, yeah. basically. And so I was really worried about that. I will say the opening number started and I thought it was fantastic and that was an original song. I thought they did a very good job of like telling the story of like the sister leaving home and all that stuff that happens. like a whole montage. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so I was kind of like, great, where is this going? But then it was whenever like a character had to like stand and sing a song on their own Mm. that that's where it got a bit like stale. But what I had sort of forgotten like – after reading those reviews, he's almost famous as a fucking great film. It's a great film. And Cameron Crowe had done this adaptation, the book, and it's just the movie on stage. Yeah. And in a way that's a good thing Yeah. because there's some great lines in there. Yeah. There's some great stuff. And I thought that the performances on the whole were very good. Mm. The, the kid who's probably like, what, 18 or 19 in real life plays the like 15-year-old yeah. character – um, was great and mm. yeah. Um, I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's such a good film. Soleil Pfeiffer, who plays oh, Penny yeah. Lane, She's who great. it's technically her Broadway debut, but like she has done a lot She's of concerts lot. and yeah. that sort of thing. She's very talented, and so yeah. Oh, did like, she was she not on in Miss Saigon on Broadway? No, oh. no. Um, she was. Um, I know she was in. Songs she was in the, that of, the songs for New World recording, and she was in that Avita concert. Avita, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Which was not not a Broadway production, just like a concert version. Yeah. Uh, but she's very talented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like great cast. And like – but honestly, like I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Mm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say like it's a great musical, but it was better than – having read those reviews, I think they were – much harsher on it than they should have been. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I wonder if it's just because the film is so celebrated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder if it would have been better as a play with a bit of music rather than a musical. Or or honestly, just make the whole thing a jukebox musical. Yeah. Yeah. Or or go one way or the other. Yeah. Just I think the mixture poison. didn't mm. work. Well, yeah. it's hard to like how do you how do you come up against a song like Tiny, Tiny Dancer? Dancer. <laughs> yeah. Like sorry, which, you can't write Tiny Dancer. Act one. Yeah. As well, like yeah. instead of picking an original, like you know what I mean? Yeah, we're like, it's, we know this is the best song in the yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> it's them singing Tiny Dancer on the bus, like you know that yeah. moment from the film. Yeah, um, God. then Monday night, so I hadn't seen, I had seen six in London, yes. but I hadn't seen it since then. So I saw it on Broadway. It happened to be the first night the new, the six new queens were starting. So the original six queens on Broadway have gone and they've completely replaced them with six new queens. Now that's quite rare for yes. Broadway. Um, yeah, norm- normally they'd sub out a one or that's two. That's right. Or, yeah. So now I think they're just doing like one year contracts for all the queens. Wow. That's how they do it in the UK though. Yeah. So uh, not that surprising. Um, the audience were obviously – so excited. Um, it was like a rock concert. I, all six queens were incredible. I loved seeing it in that way. Yeah. Um, I was like, great yeah, energy. Yeah, great energy. Like, it's just a banger of a show. Yeah. I hope that show continues to do well for a and long time. And short. You got to get home. Yes, a good that's time right. That and night. it was like a seven o'clock curtain, so I was out by like eight thirty. To go to like Merrily, which is magnificent but long. Yeah. To like six. Is, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, the next night I saw MJ, yeah, which was really interesting because it was definitely the most touristy audience I was a part of. Like yeah. I had a, you know, I was up in the balcony somewhere and 
it was like lots of ushers telling people to turn off their phones, you know, like yeah. people trying to film, you know, all lots of noises being made and that sort of thing. Like it was really weird because up until that point, in fact, for the rest of the week, I was in very like trained Broadway audiences. audiences. Yeah. yeah. Proper theatre audiences. But that night was like tourists. Like yeah. it really felt that way. But the show, um, I remember posting on my Instagram story at the time I got a a noise warning on my Apple watch for the show, like a loud environment warning, which kind of like tells you it was like a very sonic experience. The staging was incredible. Like it's a jukebox musical. I am not going to love a jukebox musical just by its very nature. I can't emotionally connect to it like I can, but I can see that show doing very well Mm. all over the world. It's great music. The music's great, as we know. They don't touch on any of the they, – they have one line. It's an interesting way to talk about it. So basically it's set in the two days of like them rehearsing for the um, – the de- or one of the big tours yeah. basically. And at one point there's a press conference and someone says, what do you, th- what do you say about the recent allegations? Yeah. That is the it. only line that, that mentions it. And then there's a lot of – so like there's those two days and then a bunch of flashbacks to when he's a kid. Mm. Um. I, um, is it sympathetic? I wouldn't call it. It's not really about him as a person. Okay, good. Um, I mean, it's 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 a little bit like they go a lot into like how demanding the father was, I guess. Mm. that's like, As long as it's not like, oh, poor Michael. No, I wouldn't say it's like that. Good. It's mostly like Michael giving us performances. Yeah. And in a way, that's what people want to see. But that's what, yeah, that's you it. You know, and, and especially in the second act as it gets to like some of the bigger songs – they are like some of the transitions and stuff are like some of the best like dancing wow. and staging like I've ever seen on a stage. Well, like by all accounts, I never saw Michael Jackson live, but that's what his concerts that's were right. like. Just just incredible shows. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, m- amazing dancing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um and so is I it can, your type of show? I mean, no. I'm never I'm never gonna love a jukebox though. Yeah. Especially like a bio jukebox. Like oh that. yeah. Like yeah, this isn't. I think I actually think sometimes the biogic boxes are actually a better way to do them than We will rock you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Or Mamma Mia or whatever. But I just yeah, like yeah. it's like, yeah, great. Yeah. I enjoyed the spectacle. This is of what it. you've come to yeah, see. You exactly. know it's a jukebox, yeah. But I will say, like, like I remember messaging a friend of ours who's a dancer and choreographer afterwards, just being like, You will cream yourself over yeah. this show. Like yeah. there is some just insane stuff in there, you wow. know? Um the next day I saw a matinee of a play called Leopoldstadt. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this yeah, one. Yeah. So this is um, Tom Stoppard. It's the only play I saw the whole week. Um, but I had had tickets for it in London yeah. uh, when COVID hit. How so, has Tom Stoppard had such a career? Incredible. I don't understand. Like I can't imagine doing what I'm doing now in like in whatever 50 years. So I think he's in his 80s. Oh, Jesus. And I think, yeah, like he's – Do you we know, have to work when we're in our 80s, I know. Ruth? Lots of people saying it's probably going to be his last play. Yeah, um, wow. it, it So it's set um, – it starts in like 1899. It's set in Vienna, Austria. Mm. And it sort of takes place between then and like 1955. And it's essentially about – Leopoldstadt refers to the town that this family is from. But it's basically about this one family and how the Holocaust kind of like destroys them in a way. And also mm. um, in 1899 what they talk about a lot is how uh, obviously a Jewish family um, – they were just kind of becoming were able to be wealthy Jew, mm. Jewish people kind of thing. So um, 
the, there was this family business of like a tail, like a um, clothing company, manufacturing company. And like, that was the, f- they were able to be like upper class, you know, maybe, maybe be accepted into a country club, that kind of thing. And then obviously as it goes on, um, the, the war hits and, mm. and, and that just all gets taken away. And then, and then the concentration camps happen. And it, and it's not like it actually spends any time in the concentration camps, anything like that. It doesn't need to, no. to show you like. Well, that's like a looming spectre that you yeah, don't have exactly. to see. You all know it's there. And I won't ruin it, but there's this cast of like 40 people. Like wow. it's this, because of course they're playing different like generations at yeah. different points. And yeah, it's a very sort of sprawling. It was like two hours and 20 minutes with no interval. Uh, but it was kind of, it was fine. Like I didn't, I didn't feel. You're okay with it. Yeah. Like anyway, the ending is a gut punch and everyone was sobbing. And, oh. um, but stop art. And it's different from any stop art I've seen before as well. Well, like, but they all are. I know. He's incredible. He's, he's, he's 85. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, what the hell? Yeah. God, and so what, he was lot. like 30 when Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, probably first premiered, something yeah, like 30, that. Like it's insane. 32 or something. Um, wow. That night I saw Some Like It Hot. Um, I've been hearing such interesting things yeah, about this. Yeah, so it, it, it opened a few nights ago and the reviews were very good. Yes. So the thing that I think a lot of people really felt leading up to it opening on Broadway was, are we really going to have another show about a man in a dress, right? Like that we've had Tootsie and Mrs. Doubtfire in the last few years. Yes. and. Of all those three shows, this one was definitely the most aware of that trope and mm. trying to alleviate it, right? Okay. So um, uh, I'm trying to uh, – Matthew Lopez was the book writer. Uh, he wrote that play, The Inheritance, that, mm. that was on Broadway a few years ago. A few years ago they brought on Amber Ruffin, who's a black comedian. Yeah. She has her own talk show um, in the States and to sort of – I think also particularly like that was like have a bit of a – because so like a couple of the characters they've made black. Obviously, they weren't black in the original film. Mm. Um, And so just to have her perspective on it, I think there wasn't really a female before really on the production team either because it's um, Shaman and Whitman uh, wrote the score, who wrote Hairspray, Catch Me If You Can, and Casey Nicolore is the director-choreographer who's – Book of Mormon, Aladdin, you know, yeah. like a bunch of big shows. So I think it was partly a female perspective, partly a having a black yeah. woman's perspective on there as well. So there was those things and they just really tried to – so um, it's these – It was was it Jack Lemmon and in the original film? Marilyn Monroe. Well, Marilyn Monroe is the female, but who's the other guy, like the oh, buddy? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Anyway, I, I don't know that I've seen the original film. I've you would have seen, seen it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I might have seen it years ago, but basically, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course, it's Tony Curtis. Yeah. So, it's um Christian Ball and Jay Harrison G are the um two actors in this production, um, and Adriana Hicks plays the Marilyn Monroe mm. part. And essentially, what they've tried to do. So, Jay Harrison G is non-binary in real life. Uses yes. uses they them pronouns, and uh, is playing uh ostensibly like a, a male identifying role in the beginning. And these two um, characters uh, dress up in women's clothing to, yes. they're on the run for some, 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 some ga- mafia gangsters basically trying yes. to kill them. Uh, and throughout the course of the show, uh, Jay Harrison G's characters uh, 
like female name when uh, when they dress it up as a woman is Daphne. Mm. Uh, and so as the course of the show goes on, that character sort of is like, actually, I think this is the thing that has been missing from my life all of this time yeah. and that actually um, I'd like to just – most of the time stay as, as a woman. Yeah. And so that's kind of the the route that they've taken. And it's very much like a – and they also end up with a male character as well. Mm. Like, and, and that male character is like very aware of it, like very yes. just kind of okay with it. I will say that um, in a way it felt a little bit simplistic to just be like I put on a dress and I know I'm trans, right? Yeah. I do think that's kind of a bit of a simplistic yes. – uh, you know, way to go about it. But the messages that they are trying to get across, I do think are. um, Like moving in a direction. Yes, exactly. And the only other criticism that I've seen is that because Christian Ball's character is also dressing up as a woman and there are definitely still gags that are like mostly about that he looks really old as a woman. Mm. Not so much that he looks ugly. Yeah, right. But it's more like, oh, God, she's old. Like there's a lot of that kind of – those yes. sorts of jokes. Yes. I think um, I've definitely still seen some people object to like that yeah. as a – Well, yeah. We have enough shit. Like ageing women is yeah, enough of a – exactly. But – and so like still they're just kind of being – it still sometimes feels like a bit of a gag mm. that it's a man in a dress, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. nowhere near as much as the other. And and I, what I will say, the score is banging. Yeah. Like it is classic Shaman and Whitman, like yeah. so much brass. The they're staging, so there's so band, much tap yeah. dancing and stuff in it. Like yeah. the staging's amazing. Casey Nicolor at his finest as well. Like I do think it is like an old school musical comedy. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I also really enjoyed – so I didn't see Mrs. Doubtfire, but I did see Tootsie. Mm. And one thing that – and I actually – I thought Tootsie had some really good bones to it. Um, but one thing they didn't really like was Santino Fontana, who played the lead. They wrote all these songs like – kind of in his falsetto, mm. like when he was playing Dorothy, yeah. it was like not – he wasn't singing in like his natural, yeah, right. beautiful putting tenor. putting on a voice, yeah. Yeah, it was like this kind of like falsetto mm. female voice or mm. whatever. They just didn't bother here. Yeah. Even when they were singing in character, it was like, no, we'll write it where their voices sit. Yeah. Fuck. But like you've got Christian Ball, you may as well get him to sing. That's like right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I actually thought that worked really well. Yeah, okay. It was That's just – they were just singing. They're just singing. Well, you like know. we know they're men. Yeah, that's yeah. right. There's no point pretending. That's the point. And so um, I really liked that. It, me- it meant that they yeah. sounded great. Interesting. Yeah. So um, you can see how that show does because mm. um, by all reports, stuff on Broadway this season is either like – like MJ is technically last season but like – it's still playing, obviously, that sort of thing. Music Man turning over $3 million a week. Yeah. The big shows are all being big. Yeah. It's everything else that's suffering. Yeah. All the new stuff. So I really hope some of these new shows can hang on because mm. uh, apparently just people aren't going to them. Oh. So fingers crossed. That makes me really sad. Yeah. I wonder too, like I think there's a perception that something like Some Like It Hot, everyone knows that you know, oh, I've heard of that. I'll go see yeah. that. But but I think too they don't know that it's a new musical. Like That's right. So there's this, this is a weird sort of like catch-22, I reckon, with getting people to go to those sorts of shows. And while I was there, K-pop announced it was closing, and yeah. you know, with like three performances notice or whatever. Yeah. 
and a play called Ain't No Mo yeah. um, also announced that it was closing like a couple of days after opening oh no, night. I read that. And it's now extended by like a week, I think. But Someone bought it out. Yeah. Well, that? they had some celebrity producers involved. Yeah. And I think a few of those bought out whole shows um, yeah. as a way to yeah, keep it going. Know, keep for it a going. Little, but like, yeah, yeah it's, um, it's really it's, hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, and then the final show I saw yes. was Into the Woods. Uh. Um, fun story about that. So when I first booked the sh- when I first booked the trip, Into the Woods was like the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. So I just booked as soon as I could, and it was like a ticket, and it was it was a ticket. It was expensive, right? Yeah. And so I bought I bought a partial view because it was like, I was like I don't want to spend no. all of this money. So I bought this like partial view seat right near the front, but like apparently basically like the narrator's lectern sort of blocks the view, right? And so I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm still getting to see it. I'll be close, you know. Yes. But then once I was there, Insta was still doing well, but it's not the hot ticket that it was. Yes. And so I thought I'm just going to go to the box office and see like – if I can maybe get a slightly better ticket, you know. And I just sort of – I went up to the box office like the day before and I said, look, um, I'm visiting from Australia. This is my favourite musical in the world. And I've got this partial view seat and I'm wondering if I can maybe pay a bit extra and get a better seat. A better seat yeah. And she kind of – like the woman obviously like not took pity on me but was like, well, we can definitely find something for you. And so she just didn't charge me nearly as much as this seat was worth. So – I was basically like in the second row on the center aisle oh kind of thing. Gosh. And I think I paid another $50 and it was worth like at least another $150 kind of thing. Mm. And so, yeah, I had a very It good is so worth asking the yeah, question. Exactly. And, so and, a, and a physical box office person can do a lot more than anyone else. Yes. Like you can't do that online. No, like, no. yeah. So um, that was amazing. Ugh. It was um, incredible. I will say having, especially because we did the show earlier yes. this year, it was hard it not being fully staged, I have to say. Like I I didn't realise it wasn't fully staged. Yeah, so you know, it was this encore's concert yes. version, right? So orchestra's on stage. And then it's staged in the sense that it, no no one's got a script in hand. There's costumes. There's costumes, there's set in the sense that like there's lots of puppetry involved, yeah. but not like a set set. Yeah. Like it's just um staged on kind of like some large steps, essentially. Yes. And so um I think – so the witch's death and her transformation were the two moments that I was like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Like I really missed it in those moments. Yeah. There was they, – because they, they wasn't very magical, right? Yeah. Um, but – the rest of it, it, it not being staged means they can have this cast. It means yeah. they could transfer straight away. Yeah. You know, like there was lots of pros that came with it being this concert version that yeah. um, they can have Patina Miller do half the week That's and Montego right. Glover do half the week, you know, all of those things, right? Yeah. Someone can come back and do two weeks. Like yeah. um, Sebastian Arcelis is coming back just to do the final two weeks of Broadway. Yeah. You know, all of those yeah. things. So um, I get it. But I was like, oh, like I would have loved to have seen those moments yeah. in a fully stage, especially with those performers. Um, I said it to you on text, but in this production, Stephanie J. Block as the baker's wife was just the lead. fucking stole the show. Yeah. She was the lead. We- I don't know if she's ever not been the lead though. No, like in she's anything so she's so good. In, you know? She's so good. Brian Darcy James was a great baker. Um, I saw Montego Glover as the witch. She was fantastic. Mm. Danae Benton, who I love, was a great Cinderella. I mean, everyone was great. Yeah. Um, it was just a fantastic cast. Did you have Gavin Creel? I had Gavin Creel, but then Josh Henry was off doing the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. 
um, live yeah, thing. So I had yeah. his understudy, who, by the way, is also the understudy Raul at Phantom. Oh, wow. So he's the understudy Rapunzel's parents and the understudy Raul. And he just does like whichever show needs him. I love he's very Elaine Stritch. In, yeah. Uh, in Call Me Madam. And those shows are across the road from each other as well, yeah. Phantom and Into the Woods. So nice. it's just like he just like. Like often in weeks he will do both. Wow. God, like, the brain. Cool. The, I know. Like, yeah, no. So cool though. Wow. And he was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. I think it's Jason Orbach, his name is. And I think he's also the understudy Baker. Yeah. Yeah. God. Um, so yeah, it's uh but yeah, it was it was really good and mm. it was just You said the giant was really good? Yeah. Um the the foot the foot the, they had these enormous feet. Yeah. Um that were pup so the guy who played Milky White, who, like, as a lot of people have said, like, really steals the show, mm. um, he would also do, like, the birds. Yeah. Um, and then he would also do one of the feet. So they were full, like, one whole human needed a whole foot kind of wow. thing. They were enormous. And then the guy playing Cinderella's father was the other foot mm -hmm. and he also did some other puppetry stuff in it. Like Rapunzel was sort of on like a, um, like a kind of a big trolley that wheeled yeah. on with a big um, picture frame around her. Nice. And then he would hold out the hair as if it was being down and yeah, sort sure. of do stuff with the hair. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that okay. worked quite well. That's good. Um, so yeah, so that actor played all of those bits as well. And so they were each one of the feet. And so like when they did the baker's wife's death, it was kind of like she ends moments in the woods and then those feet come and chase her off the stage. Mm. And then she sort of screamed off stage. So that worked quite well. I yeah, think. nice. That was quite effective. Oh. So yeah, it was um I was I was very glad I got to say I mean, who knows when the next Into the Woods Broadway revival will be. It'll be another twenty years. Yeah. Like you know, so I was, uh, yeah, I was very glad I got to see it. Um, and those were my nine shows. It's just so much. <laughs> it's just a lot. It is a lot. I feel really happy that you did this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. I, I had missed being there so much. I had, I mean, I, you know, I'd gotten really used to getting to go twice a year. I know. Which is very bitch. spoiled. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, going for work. And I and I pr I don't know if I'll go for – I mean, you know, it might be that there are times where I get to go for work again, but COVID really changed yeah, the, way the landscape happens. and the way that we communicate with clients and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, who knows? I might not. Mm. Um, so just sort of going, I'm going to do this for me and just booking it. Um, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're a person. You matter. That's right. Yeah. And like I – you know, I put up a, a, a Facebook post about this, about all the shows that I went to and it's like – this is my version of self-care. Like, this yes. is This is what fills my cup, yeah. you know, literally yeah. sitting there and seeing nine shows in a week. I would have seen more if I could. Oh. There were heaps of shows I missed out. Like, I would have gone to see The Music Man probably. Yeah, you Just because that. I've never seen it on stage. Yeah. Um, in a way, I wouldn't have minded seeing Funny Girl. Yeah. Like, again, just to see it. I, I mean, I saw – I've actually seen that production. I saw it in London. But um, just to see it on Broadway, I think, would have been a bit different. You know, yeah. things like that. I didn't get to see K-pop. That's an example yeah. of a show I would have liked to see. I didn't see A Beautiful Noise. Um, the, the Neil Diamond show. Which, by the way, got – Bad reviews, but is selling very well. Of course apparently. it is. It's Neil Diamond. Yeah. yeah. So. I can't see how it would be a good show. It's a jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my so. gosh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, well, you're welcome for this incredible bonus episode. Yeah, I'm just going to send this to people when they ask how the shows were. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so any recommendations for people who are going to New York? If they only have one show to see at the Ooh. moment, what would it be? 
Well, so Into the Woods is closing in January. If you're there when Merrily, the Merrily revival happens, which will be like next October or whatever. See that. See that. Yeah. Um, for new shows this season, I would say um, if, if you're the sort of person that wants like a big Broadway show, go see Some Like It Hot. Mm. If you want more like a sweet original musical, go see Kimberly Akimbo. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I think I'm most excited about, Kimberly yeah. Akimbo. Yeah. Mm. It was a gorgeous little show. Aww. Yeah. Yay. Excellent. Thanks for that, Ruth. Thanks, Josephine. And I will see you later. Indeed. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.